your sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good afternoon, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk on Sin on your Friday evening, the Friday the 17th, uh, sorry, the, the 7th of July, not quite that far ahead yet. I'm Seven, and I'm with you, Jerry and uh, Jason Evans and Liam Cole. Good evening to you, boys. Full this strength. Evening, boys. First Friday in a while, it's full strength. Good to Feels be here. Good. Big day. Big, big couple of days. Um, plenty of news to get through. We've got AFL Round 17. We'll review last night and the big round ahead. And, of course, um, the second test at the Ashes into its first day last night, second day tonight. Um, and then we've got a bit of tennis as well. So everything is going on all of a sudden again. And uh, there's plenty of sports to get through. Uh, but we'll get straight into the news, hot off the press and um, we'll start off with you, Jerry. What's your top story you've got up this yeah, evening? So, pop star, as we know, 2000s um, hit. Star. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're starting with that. Start. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, she was reportedly slapped by. Say again. They might have missed that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Britney Spears, everyone, um, you know, worldwide pop. star, um, was reportedly slapped by NBA. <laughs> Number one um, draft pick, Victor Wembyama, um, his security guard. So, so Spears is trying to get a selfie with um, Victor. <laughs> and then the security guard out of nowhere just, you know, a cheeky little, um, I think, pointer. And then her glasses fell off. So, so she oh, got no. slapped. Yeah. Wow. This is not the sporting story <laughs> expected that we were going to start off with. So who was the NBA player that plays for the Spurs? Yeah, so I was a number one draft pick, Victor Wembyama from last week. So, yeah, it's an interesting start okay. to his career off-field, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, there we go. I'm glad we heard about that and we didn't miss that um, in all the uh, big news... <laughs> That is big news, Sam. <laughs> well, if Jerry's is. reporting it, it, it's is. big news. But and it's true. It's a sports... It's, oh, this is not TMZ, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, let's get back on track here. <laughs> and we'll start with an important um, uh, story straight off the back. As we get closer to the Women's World Cup, um, Amy Park, there was a bit of a, a thing there this afternoon. They showed off the fancy-looking turf... Uh, it looks amazing out there. The green carpet is ready to go and styled, and I think they've finished all their buildings, uh, building works for it. And Football World Governing Body um, has announced First Nation flags will fly at all FIFA Women's World Cup matches. Uh, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait flags will sit either side of the Australian flag at local games and the Maori flag alongside the New Zealand flag at all matches in that country, as well as all ceremonies. FIFA President Gianni Infantino said FIFA recognised the importance of First Nations in Australia and Maori in New Zealand in the hosting of uh, the Women's World Cup this week during NAIDOC week in Australia and just before uh, Adaria, Adaroa, uh, New Zealand's uh, Maritiki celebrations. FIFA has acknowledged the request made by the Cultural Advisory Panel as well as Football Australia New Zealand Football which was supported by uh, governments in Australia and Adaroa, New Zealand. Infantino said, uh, the significant flags express a spirit of mutual respect, national identity and recognised 
of Indigenous cultures for our hosts. First Nations and Maori cultures will also be represented throughout the team welcomes and on match days, which is uh, very good, very exciting. The Matildas are here uh, in Melbourne. They've set up camp and training at, down at Latrobe University this uh, past couple of days, and I think uh, a few some other players are on their way over here to get set up in their camps already. Uh, so it's going to get really, really exciting. And, of course, next Friday night, um, the Matildas will play a uh, send-off game at uh, Marble Stadium against France, which will be fantastic, and then we'll get right into it. So we'll definitely be um, getting on top all things Women's World Cup as we preview. Um, it's going to be massive. It's going to be so exciting when it gets here. So we get ever closer. Um also in the news, top jockey Jamie Carr has been charged by racing stewards after becoming embroiled in an alleged white powder scandal. Uh, racing Victoria issued one charge each against Jamie Carr and Ruby McIntyre after a probe into pictures of the pair and greyhound trainer uh, Jacob Bedell. The images depicting the trio with what appears to be white powder began to circulate on social media last month. And, and as we know, she's only just... Um, come back, I think, um, recovering from the fall she had not too long ago. Uh, so not great to see, um, but we wish her well when she starts racing again. I don't know if she's back on the horse yet. I don't know. Um, That's all you can hope for at this point. you just got to hope that she gets healthy Yep, at this point. And lastly from me here, uh, we will get to the Ashes next, but the uh, Maribyrnong Cricket Club members face restrictions on their movements and more space between them and the players in the Lord's Long Room and invest, as investigations continue into the second Ashes Test. Australia faced a mixed reception at Headingley uh, with the country's national anthem booed by some sections of the crowd before play on day one. But while some fans still pose with players for photos before playing leads, the use of camera phones was condemned by the MCC chairman Bruce Carnegie-Brown in an email to members on Thursday. Uh, in a lengthy address, Carnegie Brown said members who had abused Australia's players on the day five at Lords had brought shame to the entire club. In the same paragraph, he also uh, criticised members for posting videos of the drama, which has been brought the full extent of the abuse Australia copped to light. The video footage captured on Sunday, including some which was taken in clear breach of our regulations, is there for all to see. Carnegie Brown said the members shown on camera brought shame on the MCC. Their actions hinder our efforts to promote the positive things our club does to promote and celebrate the game. Um, look, I think that's interesting. I think that's giving them a bit of a pass, though. Like, just, just you can dish that out, but if as long as it doesn't get captured on camera, does that sound like that, or am well, I reading? Well, it's pretty funny because the MCC created the rules, so when it's mm. been obeyed, they don't like it. So I think it's... Hypocrisy, really. Interesting. We'll, we'll see as it continues, and we will delve uh, into the first test next when we chat about it. Uh, but, Liam, you had some football transfers. Yeah, just got a couple. So we'll start with Granik Shaka, defensive Ooh. midfielder from Arsenal, has yes. left really? to play for Bayer Leverkusen in the Bundesliga for okay. 25 million euros. So it was sort of a love-hate relationship with the club, and I think it's a good move for... Both parties there, so um, he was a bit of he did get in trouble a lot. Granite Xhaka, yeah, uh, he was a bit of a hot, hot head, yeah, hot head yeah. red cards, <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. So Robert Firmino from Liverpool has signed for the Sa Saudi Arabian League on a free transfer. Another one, wow, okay. 
Yeah, so that was free. Uh, the club is Al Harley. I think I said that right. Yep. Uh, moving on to cricket, uh, the Big Bash, Adam Zampa has been traded from the Melbourne Stars to the Melbourne Renegades in exchange for Sam Harper, the wicketkeeper. So I think that's a massive loss for the Stars. Um, they're trying to spin it saying, you know, that gives them extra salary cap space to get guys like Boland. But I oh. think it's to lose the best Australian white ball spinner for an inconsistent wicketkeeper batsman, I think that's a that's a bit of a loss uh, for them. And also in international cricket, West Indies have failed to qualify for the One Day World Cup at the end of next uh, this year in India, which is a bit of a fall from grace. They lost to the Dutch. They also lost to Zimbabwe and Scotland. So. Bit of a surprise, bit sad considering, you know, they were the powerhouse of cricket in the 70s, 80s and 90s with all their fast bowlers, all their swagger, Viv Richards. So, Kelly Ambrose. Absolutely. So to see them miss out, I think that's a massive shock. Jerry, any more stories from you? All from cycling. So Aussie Jai. Oh, the Tour de France is on. Yeah, yeah. He was actually um, having the yellow vest yesterday um, and won the fifth stage. But unfortunately... Um, Sorry, can you explain to me what the yellow vest is? So the yellow vest is like the actual race leader. So okay. there's each stage where... Um, well, they, get, they get physically given a yellow vest yeah, to wear. Yeah, you wear it for the next stage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but and what if within five minutes you get overtaken? Or is that not how it works? Is it overall well, leader? Yeah, like overall leader. But you wait until like the stage finishes and then they hand it to someone else if you lose a yellow vest. So. And then the ultimate yellow vest goes to the winner of the whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So Heinle lost the yellow vest um, right. and he's two minutes and 30 back now um, in sixth place. So hopefully he can um, peg his way back. Okay. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll be talking about the Ashes tests, uh, the second day of it tonight at Headingley, uh, as the Australians, well, in an okay position. How many of us in the room watched? I did. Yeah, so did I. We've got three men in here in the room, Sam. We're going to break it down for you. Exciting. (laughs) That's all up next on the Sports Desk on Sin on your Friday evening. This is the one, the Stone Roses on the sports desk on your Friday evening. And, of course, it's time for Ashes and day two of Headingley. Come on, Aussie, come on. Come on. Come on, Aussie, come on. Wow, Australia, England, here we go. I reckon this is one of their most interesting days I've ever seen because the bowlers got on top and so did the batsmen. Um, speaking of batsmen here... So Cameron Green, he was out with a hamstring injury. And who steps up? The Bison himself, a North Melbourne supporter, the Mitchell Bison. Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> he scores 118 off 118 balls, 17 fours, um, four sixes. It was kind of like a ODI, the way he was playing. Counter-attacking with Travis Head making 39 as well. As Australia posted 263 um, at a strike rate of over four per over. So it just shows the... Amount of quick scoring Mitch Marsh could do, um, and with England they did pretty well with the ball as well. Um, especially that express um, pace from Mark Wood having five for thirty four, Chris Wokes chipping in with three for seventy three, and Stuart Broad with two for fifty eight. Um, and then in reply, England made three for sixty eight, so that's off nineteen overs. Zach Crawley making thirty three from thirty nine. 
Joe Root, 19, not out. And Bairstow, not out on one. Um, Cummins with two wickets for 28. And Mitch Marsh, again, the Bison, one for nine. That beautiful um, back-of-length ball that got Crawley out. He's just on fire. Liam, talk us through day two, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I was um, pretty surprised Josh Tung was left out of the side. He was the pick of the bowlers, mm. arguably, for England. Uh, he got... It just shows how much extra that five or six extra pace can give uh, the bowlers and can scare the batsmen. So I'm staggered Mark Wood hasn't been playing. Um, he should have played in the first test. He was unbelievable. I believe it was due to injury, though, wasn't it, Liam? Um, he, he hasn't played a lot. Uh, he missed out in the IPL, went back home to Birmingham. So um, maybe that could be a reason, but still, it's last Ashes series, Broad and Anderson were left out in the first test at the Gabba on a green top. Mm. So it's just another case of England butchering themselves and team selection. So full of um, full of drama, as always, in the Ashes, and always catches win matches. So <laughs> Smith was dropped on four by Bairstow. Head was dropped on nine, made on made 36. So that was a really... Marsh uh, was dropped on around about 12, yep, and, and then uh, he just after kicking a six, uh, kicking, hitting a six. <laughs> kick, yeah, he was unbelievable, Marsh. He was um, he had nothing to lose and just shows the way he goes about it and his mentality. Would you show some concern for someone like a David Warner or a Marnus Labashane? Warner was dismissed in the first over for four. Labashane only 21 being caught by Root. They haven't really delivered what they normally deliver in. Yeah, in Warner series. had hard hands, didn't he? He hit four first ball, and yep. we thought, okay, we're on here. But uh, hard hands, just flashing his hands, no footwork. Mm. So we could see Mitch Marsh open the batting and then Cam That's Green batting call, at six. So, yeah. I mean, Marsh goes from first ball anyway, so mm. that could definitely be an option. So you'd have, what, two all-rounders in there, one opening? So that could be like six bowlers ever. Absolutely. Arsenal That's so much versatility there. Yeah. It's not like Warner's making runs. He That's said true. Sydney would be his last test match in January. You might as well move on now, I think. So just axe him mid-series. That's a big call. Brutal. If you want to win 5 nil, this is an Ashes series. You is better... that worth one of these? I'm holding the chicken in hand. Jerry, your decision. <laughs> oh. Oh. He's, oh, he hasn't geez. been great, David Warner. I still reckon he's scored a half century this series. On Lab- a row. Labuschagne's done nothing, though. Like, oh, it's Marnus. Like, yeah. he's one of the best batsmen in the world. Yeah, but he can't play overseas. Hasn't been issue. showing that in this recent yeah. run, has he? I mean, England is very tough mm. to play. I was thinking more if Mitch Marsh continues in the second innings with the bat, um, leave Cam Green out because he wasn't bowling great um, previous test match at Lords. So almost single-handedly gave the test to Ben Stokes, oh didn't he, Cam God, Green? Yeah, he's giving like pies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pie machine. But yeah. To be fair, Cam Green is still a young man. Uh, still got a lot to improve with the batting. Mitch That's Marsh true. is more of a finished product. He knows what he's good at. Um Definitely, definitely could be an option. You can't drop Mish Marsh after this. Yeah, sure. So uh, once day two once again commences later on tonight, starting at eight o'clock Australian time. Joe Root, who sits at nineteen, as you said, Jerry, how far do you think he goes in this innings? He's looking all right. Like he always plays the ball late. So with this um, pitch, because it, like it swings a lot, but also um, he has more time to play it. So I think if Root can stay in, that's a key to England making a big score. Um, 
On the other hand, if he gets dismissed early, you got Stokes, and then after that, it's all tail enders because you got Mo and Ali and the rest. So I feel like one wicket here and Australia and cruise control. Well, I'd say they bat deeper, to be honest. I think their tail is a lot shorter. Mark Woody's made a few half centuries with the bat. He can he can smash it. Mm-hmm. So Stuart brought it at number 11. He's more than capable. So Works kind of bad as well, actually. Yeah, so oh, what can you say? It's 50-50, <laughs> I think. That's your Ashes review, Sam. <laughs> All right. Well, Day two, so, 8 o'clock tonight. Yep. And, uh, well, we lead 2-0 currently. Yeah. What are you feeling? Can we can can we wrap it up, or do you think it's going to draw, and then we'll we'll go for one more, and then that's where we'll get them? I can we've wrapped it up because just quickly, Ollie Robinson, he was off the whole day yesterday yeah. with the back spasm, so that's one bowler down for him. Was that was was that his injury? Some people right. are saying back spasm. Some people are saying fitness problems. ankles. Yeah, yeah. So my bowl some off spin like he did in the oh, last man. Ashes. You don't uh, want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say Murphy does when he hits to the? Priest get a little bit of a bowl in. I feel like there's not much turn on the pitch. Um, right. Like, it's good for swing bowlers, but, um, like, I didn't see much with Moen Alley. He was giving full toss yeah, to Mitch Marsh. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously going to attack him. I mean, yeah. it's very hard to attack Cummins and Bowling, who are literally like bowling machines. They just hit that line and length every time. So, he's only played five games. They're going to attack him, and he knows it. Yeah. All right. Cricket. Come on, Aussie, come on. Everyone now. Come on. Come on. Gets better every week. <laughs> Are we on air? We really need to amp that up. Yep. All right, when we come back, AFL Round 17, a game to review last night. The uh, Tigers over the Swans at the MCG. Buddy's last game there. Well, and then a massive. Presumed. Yeah, presumed. Massive last round, uh, sorry, massive round 17 ahead. Mm. Um, plenty to chat about. On the sports desk, on Sin, on your Friday evening. Shut up and let me go. The sports desk, on Sin, on your Friday evening. And it's time to talk some AFL. Uh, interesting result at the MCG last night. It was the Richmond Tigers of the Sydney Swans, 12-16-88 to 11-9-75, 13 points in the end, um, in which looked to be an early game. Well, it looked over, over early. I don't know. A good start by the Swans. Um, but uh, the Tigers showing they've still got some gut in them and some vintage Dusty in the last quarter. <laughs> well, where has that come from? It's like they've bottled him up and he's um, ready to go again. Uh, but some massive efforts from uh, them. Shy Bolton, 31 disposals. Goulden for Sydney, 31. Uh, Florence for Sydney, 30. Tim Taranto, 29. Dustin Martin, 29 and a goal. And goals-wise now, Isaac Heaney with three. Ross, two goals, two. Franklin, two goals, one. In what we mentioned earlier was potentially his last game at the G. We don't know. Um, uh, Graham, two goals. McInerney, two. Haywood, two. Jerry, what was your thoughts on the game? I thought that Sydney led the way very on in the game. So at halftime, they were up by three goals. And they had a comfortable margin. But then after that, I think it started drizzling a little bit, like towards the end fourth quarter. Then after that, Richmond with their high pressure, that handball game, mm. um, just Sydney just really struggled to um, do anything with that, especially Dusty with that final like match winner. What can you do about it, literally? There, it's 
Tigers seem to always find a way in the wet. It seems to be their game when it's a wet game. Mm. And mm. I said they weren't making finals, but... <laughs> well, yeah. the door's yeah, open still, now. Yeah, it's open. bizarre no the way this it. season has gone that there is a chance now for the Tigers, which is something fifth, that's in, insane. If you sit between 5th and 14th, it's one of the most tightly contested battles for the top eight right now. But the disparity from 1st to 18th is ridiculous, yeah. and we didn't see that last yeah. year. Uh, the high-octane final quarter was one of the great final quarters of the year, I would say. Any objections to that, Liam or Jerry? Oh, it wasn't the prettiest game. No, um, <laughs> but I'm saying we're talking high octane and pressure. Yeah, yeah. There were incredible pressure acts coming from Richmond veterans. Well, I think Richmond got um, really on top in contested ball right in the second half. So Sydney were up by 18 points in the halftime break, and then Richmond smashed Sydney in the clearances, 15 to five in that third quarter. So Parker mm. Hickey struggled a bit. Uh, row bottom a little bit too inexperienced and Taranto and Hopper, the class that they paid highly for, they um, really got stuck. Starting to show. Yeah, Starting absolutely. to show. Um, and admittedly, I thought for Richmond, because um, since Damien Hardwick's gone, they did have a little bit of a few good wins and stuff there. And I, th- to be honest, I just thought it was a honeymoon period. Um, you know, coach changing over. They still don't have their man for next year. They don't know who's going to be permanent coach. Uh, but they're doing surprisingly well. Maybe this little refresh was just what they needed uh, in this difficult season. Just a bit of a jump start for them. Um, still not brave enough to see them go that far. Sydney, on the other hand, have been probably a disappointment, very much a disappointment this year, falling yes. so far from what they were. So um, They used to be such a very consistent side for a very long yeah. time, and now this is actually probably one of the most inconsistent seasons in a very long time. Yeah, um, they look like momentum. their chances uh, of finals are seeping over as well. So it's just... Well, that was the narrative of that game because mm. the winner would go up as high as 10th, which is where Richmond sit as of now before the rest of the round commences. But the loser, regardless of the loser, they would have dropped to as low as 14th, 15th. So that's a... You could pretty much put a line through their season. But who knows? Uh, I doubt that. I doubt they're going to get any higher than that. If you sit fifth and eighth right now and you've got Geelong and Richmond below you, you, you should feel very threatened right now. <laughs> well, I think the skipper, Toby Nankervis, could be in trouble for his bump on Jake Lloyd. He yeah. went straight oh, after him, eyes off the ball, and, yeah, he's concussed Lloyd. So I think he'll miss a month of football. Interesting. And how about the young kid uh, who injured his hamstring in the first quarter? How stiff. <laughs> That's yeah, so it unlucky. I felt sorry for him. It was, I believe, the official yeah. time was, and it didn't seem like he even though he'd done it. <laughs> <laughs> Never done a hammer to stay on. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, yeah, I'm giving Sydney a mulligan this year. They've missed so many key position players like Rampy, McCarthan brothers through to injury. So I'm giving them a mulligan. They're a young team. They've got great culture, so I yep. think they'll be back next year. Definitely will. But yeah. it begs the question. If Buddy Franklin is to go, there is going to be an empty hole maybe in that forward line that they need to fill. Well, Logan McDonald's supposed to be that guy, uh, number three pick in the draft a few years ago. Highly rated. He looks really good. Um, just whether he can step up and be that main man. Uh, Marty will help and Laddams hopefully. But Liam, um, if you're successful... Buddy Franklin, you're not living up yeah, to that. Come on, let's be not. realistic obviously here. Not. You just got to let them carve their own path, and if they're elite, <laughs> they're elite. 
Okay, well, that was last night. So the Tigers are the victors. Happy uh, Tigers fans who got out for a wet Thursday night last night. But Friday night, a big game at Marvel Stadium tonight. Western Bulldogs versus Collingwood. Six versus first. Uh, and this is a little preview from Channel 7 and their Friday focus. Oh, that awful chant. Oh, they're not likeable for me. Uh, but it is a massive game tonight. Marvel Stadium, um, Western Bulldogs and Collingwood, two hours and 13 minutes to the bounce. That audio with Channel 7's Friday Focus. We'll look at the ins and outs now. Ed Richards, named for the Western Bulldogs, out. Anthony Scott, Mitch Hannon, Collingwood have named Ash Johnson, Jordan Degoe, out. Braden Maynard, uh, Brody Mychek, and Harvey Harrison. Um, doesn't that suddenly, in and out, doesn't that in and out that you just read out there for Collingwood just show how much depth that they have? They have a lot. Taking away what is it, Mayacek and Maynard, but you're getting Dugowie and Ash Johnson. This is a big game in the the scheme of things, especially where Bulldogs are sitting. If it's, they want to continue where they are, and uh, look, Collingwood being dominant, and uh, as they said in the promo, they're hard not to admire in some ways. Don't get me wrong. I you still convinced? hate their guts. <laughs> I hate their uh, I guts. I think they're very good. Uh, I'm convinced. Well, I wouldn't say what you said a couple of episodes ago. Liam on the hasn't heard desk, it, so I'll but... say it to his face. Premier's in waiting, Collingwood. Uh, Is that the, a chicken? Not a big call. Chicken? Not a big call. Not a big call. I gave it a chicken because... High five at a call. No, you can't call... It doesn't matter how... How good a team is. We've seen what they do in the finals, and they choke. They always seem they to choke. choke. They play good all year. <laughs> they they did choke. Oh, they Against Sydney. They nearly got them. They nearly <laughs> had them. Jerry, this is... Yes. You said they survived them. <laughs> yeah. Which was the most ridiculous thing I've ever There's heard. There's a difference between being defeated and not winning. There genuinely is a significant difference there. <laughs> Please let us know if you agree with Jason on our Twitter and Instagram sports desk sin because I think that's completely wild. But you may agree with him. So big game tonight. How are we feeling, Jerry? What are the dogs going to do tonight? Well, we're going to play that hard um, contested footy like they did in that. I always mention that 2016 Premiership because you've seen bits of it this season, um, especially because Bond is having another career best year. Um, you've got the likes of... Um, Darcy, Norton, Waitman, who were playing really well, and Jamara as well. That tall forward line could pose some danger, especially, I don't know, with Collingwood's back line. Some, like, if Darcy Moore isn't performing, then, like, they need mm. other covers. Yeah. Another thing I need to keep repeating, Jerry, is you don't look past their 2021 form as well, the Western Bulldogs, because at this point in 2021, <laughs> they were the best side in the competition, and they still have many remnants of that when they get going. However, my prediction, Sam, as always, I have not picked against them since Anzac Day. Undesirable to undeniable Collingwood. Liam, your yeah, thoughts on the game? As you said, Jerry, it's definitely going to be a midfield battle. If the Bulldogs have a chance of winning, they definitely have to win contested ball. But I just love the way Collingwood moved the ball from D50 to forward yep. 50. It's so fast with handballs through the corridor. I think it will be way too strong price for me. Even if Western Bulldogs are five goals up at three-quarter time. Yeah. <laughs> Pies will be uh, hard to beat in this one, but a fun fact here, they only play twice uh, this year at Marvel, so this will be, I think, the second time they've played there. That's music Um, to Sam's ears. So, no, it's interesting. It throws up a little bit of a 
interesting one, a curly one for them. So it will definitely be a full house tonight. And, and another, uh, another fun fact, by the yes. way, Scott Pendlebury is 14 disposal away from breaking the all-time disposals mm. record set by Robert Harvey. So given his form, he's probably going to break that tonight. How exciting is that? Pretty good. All-time record. We get to 400, you reckon? Oh, easily. Okay. Easily Should get 400. next year, wouldn't Yeah, he'll mm. stay for another year and... He's not breaking boomers record, though. So, nah. Collingwood for Why everyone. Yep. yep. Two hours and nine minutes of the bounce as we move now on to Saturday afternoon. And it kicks off with Brisbane Lions and the West Coast Eagles at the Gabba, 1.45pm. Brisbane have named Dane Zorko, Jack Gunston, James Madden and Jared Lyons out. Calamar Chi, Darcy Fort, Jared Berry, Josh Dunkley and Lincoln McCarthy. West Coast Eagles, Jerry McGovern and Tim Kelly in out. Harry Barnett, Luke Shuey, Shannon Hearn. It's at the Gabba, Sam? Yes. Jerry, Liam, predictions one, two, three... <laughs> Brisbane. Brisbane. <laughs> Although we've got to respect the gallant effort, uh, I think, from the response from the Eagles last week. It was a shame that they couldn't get over the uh, Sainers. Oh, Liam is the Saints Sorry, fan. Liam. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it when I was watching live yep. at halftime, but at the same time I did. Yep. So uh, luckily uh, the Saints got up because the TV would have been smashed. <laughs> <laughs> McGovern and Tim Kelly back in pretty good. Um, and then a cycle of changes for the Lions. And uh, look, it was a, a convincing win last week, the Lions. They needed to do that. They weren't, in my eyes, uh, playing solidly, uh, even on their home turf. So, And they had that um, you know, job against the Tigers, and they did it very well, 81 points last week. Um, so if they can maintain their um, that there at their home base, so... Uh, think it will be a wild whooping, but uh, we'll see uh, an outfit from the Eagles again, I, th- I think. that I, I don't know. W- would you say those games, or were that taken too much out of them? That To come back and show a response like that, can they maintain that? We're going to find out Saturday. Maybe give it another week because it's West Coast, but... Nah, okay. they'll be done by 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well, all of us at Brisbane at the Gabba. Uh, next to Twilight, 4.35 p.m., at Giant Stadium, it's GWS versus Hawthorne. GWS have named Lockie Whitfield out, Nick Haynes and Ryan Angwin. Uh, Hawthorne have named Denver, Granger, Barras, Jarman, Impey, Tyler Brockman out, Harry Morrison, Lloyd Meek, uh, Luke Bruce and Sam Butler. Very interesting. The GWS Giants out of in the conversation again now after we said how poor of a start they had this season uh, and how unlikely that they looked to do anything. And then a big win against uh, the D's last week uh, and suddenly they look in sharp as well. How, how do you feel about this one? And uh, yeah, the Hawks, okay. There's pluck. There is pluck in that side. Yep. Uh Take a few scalps. I don't know. I feel it came close last time, I believe. Last time these two teams met. Was yeah, this that a, was gathering. Was this an after yeah. the siren victory as well? Uh, close to. Tony close to. Yeah, I think so. One of it. Jerry, what was your thoughts on this game? Well, I think Hawthorne, like, they've got a few outs. Harry Morrison's having an all right year in the midfield. Um, so that's a big loss. And obviously, they got Lockie Whitfield back. So mm. um, if Whitfield can stand up in the midfield, like he's been doing um, for the past few years, then I think the Giants should win at home. And just some breaking news, as we mentioned with um, the Tiger Lane Richmond co-captain Toby Nankervis, 
uh, will be facing at least three weeks. He's been sent to straight to the tribunal, so that just confirming that bump that we mentioned before. Uh, GWS for me. This should be... Uh... GWS for me too, Sam Liam. Yep, GWS. Too good. Interesting one now at Marvel Stadium, Saturday night, 7.25, St Kilda and Melbourne. Tough game to call. Yep, St Kilda, Jack Billings, Zane Cody, Zane Cordy, sorry, Zach Jones in, out, Bradley Hill, Jack Higgins, Josh Battle, Ryan Burns, uh, Melbourne, Charlie Spargo, James Jordan, uh, Taj Woden, uh, out, Bailey Fritch, James Harms, Joel Smith, Cade Chandler. Before we get to Very... Liam's breakdown, by the way, it's Taj Woden's uh, debut, correct, Sam? Um, yep. Yes. Well, big congratulations to that. I believe it might be the son of Shane. Fact check us if need yes. be. Yep. Uh, yeah, um, good to see a Woden name come back into the Melbourne list. Yes, it's Great good seeing see. the retro footy names. But uh, a big game here and... Uh, for both teams, I think, a final spot and top four spot for Melbourne on the line. It is an interesting one. It's probably not going to be a pretty game. Both teams can't score. So <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> That's a problem. 17th in the competition for retaining kicks inside 50 and for scoring in the past six weeks. And the Saints, they've had efficiency issues going inside 50 as well. And Brad Hill out. That's a massive loss. That won't help as well. Just It's just a pleasure to watch Brad Hill live. Just the running and unrewarded efforts he does. It's just great to see. Um, if the Saints win, they'll somehow be in the top four. So um, I still think Melbourne, just their contested ball winners, Petrarca, will be a little bit too strong for Crouch. Seb Ross, Zach Jones, good to have him back, I think. He's the explosive midfielder they need. Um, just whether two games in the VFL will be enough and his body as well, being able to hold up as well is, is an issue. So I think Melbourne. I think Melbourne too, just because like with another player out like Hill and Higgins in the forward line, uh, they've been relying on Higgins a fair bit in the forward line. Um, apart from Max King and sometimes Mitch Owens stepping up, there hasn't been that kind of consistent goal kicker, so yeah. I feel like that'll be an issue. Both sides are struggling with scoring, so yeah, whoever can win the contested footy. Yeah, midfield win. battle. But Melbourne for me. Yep. Uh, I'd say the same thing. Uh, Melbourne's definitely got the better midfield. But the, the scoring, I saw an interesting stat early in the week, um, and I don't know the AFL averages year on year, but uh, no team was over really 50% in goal kicking accuracy this year, which I don't know if that's Crying shame. normal. So it's interesting. The um, I'll have to get that stat up because I have to look. I know Carlton were at the bottom of it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no team was over 50% for goal kicking, which I've just seen a downward trend for maybe the yeah. last couple of seasons uh, in actual – which you think maybe – and, I mean, it's hard to compare the different eras of football, but 10, 15 years ago it was definitely a high-scoring more game. Yeah. Maybe less – Even as recent as early 2010s. Yeah, maybe less skills and maybe um, – uh, What's the word? Well, they were sacrificing a little bit of skill and, yeah. to game plan structure and run. I think yeah. when it started becoming, you could you could kind of sacrifice a little bit of a skill level to at least you can run kilometers on end. That was kind of I yeah. think that became a bit more of a primary focus to uh, constructing your list. As for me, I think this will be my smoky of the week. St Kilda for me. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go St okay. Kilda. Melbourne for me. Oh, and of course, are Melbourne. you going? Will yeah, you be Melbourne. there? No, I'm not going. <laughs> oh, come after on, man. Last week, after last week, I went to the Brisbane game with Jezza. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, the other game on Saturday night uh, at Adelaide Ovals, Port Adelaide hosting the Gold Coast Suns. In for Port Adelaide, Juno Rioli, Lockie Jones, Sam Hayes out, Dante Vicente, uh, Jace Burgoyne, Quinton Narkle and Riley Bonner. Gold Coast Suns comes in is Took Miller out, Ben Long and Malcolm Roses. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this is for 12th straight win for Port Adelaide. It'll be for their 13th. 13th. Incredible. I what? think they get it, you know, Sam. Uh, I'm going to say I think they get it. What's the last longest run in a recent AFL Year, do you know Jerry? It's got to be Collingwood last year <laughs> oh, with eleven he's in a row. Me blank. <laughs> it's got to be a Collingwood's eleven in a row. Yeah, last okay. Year. Yeah, yep. that year. sounds correct. Okay, interesting. Um, as we know, the Suns have kind of fallen away in that. Oh, it's an awful watch. Uh, the Suns v Collingwood last week. Um, I don't see the Suns putting anything in the way of this steamrolling electric power of a train that is Port Adelaide at the moment. Great to see, too. So, yeah, I'll Port Adelaide for me. Power for me. Yeah, I, I think power. I mean, Gold Coast had the perfect opportunity to make a statement, and they didn't. They were absolutely pumped from the beginning. 94 for 10, it was midway through the third term. And for people saying Stuart Jew's job isn't on the line, that's just complete nonsense. It It is. He's been coaching for five and a half years, and it's not like they've been starved of talent. Mm. So... For the players, um, you know, uh, whinging about uh, Caroline Wilson saying that he could be gone within a month, I think how about performing for your coach on game day? How about that? Yeah. Um, Fair yeah, power. Interesting. Power for me, everyone. Power. Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's Jim HBA, and I'm looking over at Jerry because it's the Geelong yeah. Cats and the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Geelong named Mark O'Connor, uh, Ozine Mullen, is that you say it? Isaac Smith uh, out, uh, Jade Collajasny and Jed Buse in for North Melbourne. Cooper Harvey, Flynn Perez, Lockie Young, Tristan Jerry out, Jack Zebel. Liam Shields, Miller Bergman, Todd Goldstein, and Will Those Phillips. Those are the outs. Yeah, no Goldstein. Jerry. That's a big loss, Jerry. Yeah, he is. Um, but we got Tristan Jerry. He can also <laughs> perform sometimes. Um, he's sometimes. been injured all year. But yeah. Can we get you rocking the boots for this week? Well, in the ruck, maybe not. Maybe not the ruck, but maybe to replace someone like a Bergman. Yeah, yeah maybe. Something like that. But what I can tell you is Cooper Harvey is going to be exciting to watch. Obviously, son of Brent. Making his debut, he kicked five a few weeks ago in the VFL, so that's what got him um, the North Jersey this weekend. But I feel like it'll be tough to beat Geelong at their home ground. I'll be there, so hopefully really? inspire the boys to get off. He's selling records again. Is that why you're there? <laughs> oh, no, scanning. he's actually going. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of Goldstein being dropped? I reckon like it's tough because he's obviously a lot older than Jerry. But yeah. We'll see how Tristan performs. Give him a week or two. If yep. he performs trash, get the goalie back in. Uh, yeah. Clarko's back at the club, not in a, in a bit of a backroom role at the moment, mm. but he is back this week. Back. Yeah. I didn't realise that when the news broke that the reason kind of was to why it's just a slow easing is because he doesn't want to be head coach for the next uh, North Melbourne versus Hawthorne game, I believe, is another factor yeah. as to why he's more behind the scenes and not quite taking head coach. Well, it's good another, to let that play out weeks. first because if Hawthorne and North do play, it's going to be a lot of media with him. So just yeah. give Clarko a few more weeks there, I reckon. Okay. Uh, so Geelong. Geelong. Cats. Geelong. Okay. 
Uh, next two. <laughs> oh, here we go. Could it be two South Australian teams? Would that be painful for the Bombers fans? Uh, Essendon and Adelaide Crows at Marvel Stadium on Sunday, 3.20pm. Uh, no changes named uh, for this game. Uh, except the sub comes out, Dylan Shield for Essendon and Jordan Butts for Adelaide Crows. Uh, oh, I'd, I've, I want to say I feel sorry for Bombers fans in the way that No, he lost, doesn't. What are you talking about? That was beautiful, Dan Houston. <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful. What are your thoughts on the game, Jason? God, I hope a miss kicks after the siren in bloody Optus. Anyway. <laughs> right. If Essendon lose this game, they fall out of the top eight and they don't get back in. That's just cold hard fact. Yeah. Um, uh, Adelaide for me. Okay. There's not much into that. Okay. No. Nah. Jerry, do you see any hope with Essendon? No, I reckon Adelaide will steamroll them. Mm. We'll stop. Well, yeah. I mean, informed Tex Walker, Ben Keys has been one of the uh, great sharpshooters of the midfield in Adelaide. Not Dawson. only that, I, Dawson, great captain. Isaac Rankin is such an X factor. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a pretty stiff performance. I do have hope in the back six for the Bombers. I think their defence has been a significant improvement this year. But my main gripe has has been realizing that we are 18th in the competition in uh, defending end to end footy. That's mm. been our downfall. That's not good. Dating all the way back to Ben Rutten, yeah. maybe even John Worsfold as well. Uh, and but like I said, if they if they lose this game, they're going to fall out of the eight and they don't make it back in. Doesn't matter what. Even if by some miracle they do, they'll just get clobbered in the first week and the meme continues. It was a right time to bring the gather round in this year because it's South Australia has come alive with their football teams this year. Uh, it's just come out of nowhere. Um, I did say Adelaide would move up the ladder as one of my pre-season predictions, but I did not predict Port Adelaide's rise to the top. Uh, so all the Farmers Union iced coffees and the pie floaters will be <laughs> going <on laughs> wow. off, going insane in sales at the moment because uh, South Australia's been When you were last really in South Australia, Sam, do you have one? Sorry? Pie floater in Adelaide? No, I actually didn't try it. I'll oh, have to well. try it because uh, Gather Round is uh, round four. Next season. Um, so it's good for footy, South Australia being up and about. I maintain. I hope Jai Miss or Michael Walters kick a goal after the siren here. <laughs> this is a tough Adelaide game Crosses. to call, though. Everyone said Adelaide? Yeah, yes. I believe yeah, so. Adelaide, okay, yeah. well, yes. 4.40, Sunday, Optus Stadium, Fremantle v Carlton. There's been a few recent thrillers at Optus against Fremantle in recent years, thinking back to... Um, Mark after the Murphy. siren as well, uh, 2020. After the s- siren with Jack Nunes, what a goal during lockdown. Um, <sighs> extended changes at the moment. Fremantle have only named Nat Fife coming out. Uh, Carlton have named Matthew, Matthew Cottrell in, Ed Kerno out, and George Hewitt uh, sub coming out. So we'll yet to see. Look, really interesting if Carlton want to keep their season hope alive and uh, maybe get a run back into things out of nowhere because it's been wild this year. Um, Good win last week, but this is a good test because, um, look, I'd say even levels of football in recent years, both trying to crack into the eight. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one. Jerry? I think Freo for me. <laughs> not, not much than that. Well, Jai Miss played really well against the Bulldogs okay. last week. Yep. I think him and Luke Jackson on Weedering, that's going to be a tough battle and Weedering will get picked off, I reckon. <laughs> Liam? Oh, I think the Blues will win. I think they should win. They're a better team on paper. But it, it is Perth, but I think the Blues should win. 
Well, what I've seen the last two weeks and the good win about the, the Hawthorne game um, is that we hold a solid lead, 10-goal win. We've not been able to do that in games gone past. Has has the bump in the road, it, was it something that the Blues needed? Um I just know there's potential there, and there has been. They've teased us. That's why fans have been so frustrated this season. But is this what we were waiting for? Uh, I really think, and you can chicken me right now, uh, the Blues are back in the race if we can beat Frio. <laughs> <laughs> Liam and Jerry chickened that. If I had the chicken in hand, I'd say no. I say two more wins and you're in. That, well, that it's going to be a tough... You've got a tough run home, though. Yeah. You? That is the worst call of the season. <laughs> well, the Carlton two wins and they're in. And it's, no. not, it's not the toughest run home. There has been tougher. Mm. Uh, there, Port Adelaide next week is going to be very difficult, but this is kind of a leveller and an important one to see. I, I, well, if, if Carlton loses, it is no chance. It's over. But if they do get this, you can start to believe. There's always belief. Uh, it's a coin flip for me, Sam. I, I'd go either way. I genuinely am looking at it going either so way. The uh, I'll say Fremantle, but that's not a confident pick at all. Yeah. Oh, God, I've got to wait till the last game on Sunday for this. I don't like waiting. I'm nervous now, now that I've got me talking about it. But it's funny. Uh, if you had spoken to me or listened to the shows about five weeks ago, I wouldn't have given us a bar to be anywhere near We have a montage. It's funny, though. We have a montage deep in the vault of the sports desk that is yet to be seen in the light of day, and we'll be releasing it soon. But Sam has gone off on the blues in the past, and it's we'll see the evolution of the Jerry, blues support. before we wrap up, that is AFL Round 17. Quickly, we'll head to Wimbledon and some of the exciting matches that we can look forward to this weekend. Yes, yes. Um, So tonight, actually, we got lots of Aussies playing. So there's free left. we got... Thimna. <laughs> go on, go on. Yeah, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Fall. Yeah. we got Dimna, O'Connell and Kubla left um, out of all the Aussies. So Dimna's playing Berrettini, who was a finalist in 2021. I think um, Dimna should win that in four sets. Berrettini's coming back from injury. O'Connell against Vesely. O'Connell, I reckon, can get through in five sets maybe. And Kubla will get done by Hari, who's a one number 25 seed. Um, some big upsets. Kasparu defeated in five mm. sets, one number four by wildcard British Liam Brody. Um, and also currently Andy Murray, um, 2016 and 13 winner, is leading two sets to one against Stefano Sitsipas, who is one number five. Um, so he lost the first set in a tiebreak 6-7, but he's come back winning 7-6-6-4. So if Andy Murray can win, this will be huge. And don't count him out because he's a two-time champion here and he could be back. Um, some games to watch tonight that aren't the Aussies. Novak Djokovic, one number two, reigning champ, going for 24, more records. He's playing against Stan Wawrinka, who's won three Grand Slams before, defeated Djokovic at Oz Open a few years back and also beat him at the US Open final and French Open final. That's at 2.25am if you want to stay up for that. Um, also, Svitolina versus Kennan is a good match. Kennan's a Grand Slam winner at the Oz Open and Svitolina's coming back um, from having a child. So those two will be good. They're both unseated. One of them could make um, a finals run. So two games to watch there. Um, Wimbledon, get excited. The Ashes tonight as well. It's all happening. <laughs> it is definitely all happening on the sports desk. Thanks for listening today. I will be back, of course, on Monday, 5 p.m. same time. Of course, Friday as well, previewing the big weekend ahead of sport. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Liam. I've been Sam and Hennett, and this has been your Friday edition of the Sports Desk on Sin. Have a good weekend.